today on CityCast Madison. Who's responsible for a student's success at UW-Madison? A new pilot program at Wisconsin's flagship university alerts advisors when a student, in two or more classes, ranks near the bottom of the class. It also alerts the administration when students have an assignment that's more than five days overdue. Who could argue with students getting the help they need? UW-Madison student and Daily Cardinal news editor Cormac La Liberté tells host Bianca Martin there could be unintended consequences. It's Tuesday, October 31st. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. Cormac, hello. Hello. So let's start with the basics of this new pilot program at UW-Madison. Can you describe the learner activity view for advisors? Yeah, I can do my best. The gist of it is that it flags students. It has 2,800 students enrolled in this pilot program this semester. And their goal is to make it a a school-wide or university-wide program. And it observes learning outcomes, is how they phrase it, in students' classes. And if a student has two negative outcomes in, in two different classes, or one in each class, then their advisor is notified. And those outcomes are whether they are, if they have an assignment that's five days overdue, or if they're in the bottom 25% of grades in that class. Um, and then what it does is make the student's advisor aware of that, and I guess prompts some kind of meeting or intervention. When did this happen? Is this the first of its kind, this program? At Madison, yeah. Fairly recently, the Department of IT started what they're calling the Learning Analytics Center for Excellence, which is meant to use new learning analytics technology programs and stuff like that to analyze students' um, success at Madison. What's the university's ultimate goal with this program? See, I asked them that in an email and they didn't really give me an answer. I guess the idea is that they think that they can have more control over students' um, success more, or at least more, they have a closer look at when students are by their definitions like failing or falling behind and can intervene easier, which I understand conceptually, but practically I feel like it's pretty challenging to get that off in a way that's consistent and can be applied consistently and effectively. What kinds of things would alert UW officials that a student uh, may be struggling academically? Yes, the only two um, criteria that this program involves, and personally, I think that they'll probably introduce like additional monitoring criteria in the future if they continue with this program. But the ones that it, it uses right now are if you have an assignment that's five days overdue or if your grade is in the bottom 25% of the class, which is all well and good, especially in larger classes, I, I guess that would be a, a, could be effectively implemented. But I, I, I don't know. I'm in classes that are 10, 12 people. I might be in the bottom 25% of them and I have like a B. So I, I don't know how effectively that can be implemented and how consistently that's going to actually flag people's outcomes that are, that are negative. But as it stands right now, if, you, if, you have, if you're in two classes where 75% of the students in them are doing better than you, then it will alert your advisor if you're involved in this program. Interesting. So is this to target or to help support individual students or are they looking for like patterns in terms of larger student body trends? I mean, their stated goal is to support individual students, make sure students are are on track to graduate and succeed and all that stuff. Um, Realistically, at a university of this size, I imagine part of it or much of it is to 
research and indicate larger trends and try to boost graduation rates, all that stuff. Uh, I think that these learning analytics programs are on the rise among um, especially larger public universities like Madison, and they're going to continue to be used and probably continue to be implemented at Madison in more pervasive ways. I mean, this program is, again, it's 2,800 students, which is I, th- I believe it's all undergraduates, which would make it almost, it's like, I think, 7 or 8% of the undergraduate student body, which is a really significant portion. But yeah, I think that their ultimate goal is to, again, to implement it among the entire student body. And their idea of it is that this gives advisors more immediate control or, or, or more immediate insight into the success of their the students that they advise. Yeah, so... Advisors, we know, the, you know, they connect a lot of UW students with resources um, to help them succeed academically. That's not new. So is it a bad thing that U- UW officials want to identify at-risk students who may need those resources? No, not inherently. I mean, and I do understand the premise of the program and, and how it might practically be effective in certain ways for certain students. Some people might um, benefit from it for sure. But I think on principle, it's concerning to allow advisors into that academic space and to see your performance without having to reach out to them. Because college uh, has always been, in a lot of cases, the first place where young people are able to sort of navigate the world by themselves. Um, And part of that is reaching out to your advisor, knowing when to ask for help, how to ask for help, um, realizing that like nobody's going to come and save you if you don't do it by yourself. I think mm. that that kind of goes against. I think that kind of goes against all those principles, and sort of that um, pattern historically that college has allowed people to develop these independent skills that, like in a you know controlled environment. I um, think that's a really fair criticism as someone who had to learn things yeah. again, kicked in the butt of reality. Um, but you know, reading your piece, you spoke with one UW professor who teaches informational security about this pilot program, and she had some concerns. Uh, What were those? Yeah, so she has done a lot of work and a lot of research on um, relevant, on things that are relevant to learning analytics. And one of her most major concerns was that nobody asked students how they felt about this. This was all developed independently, internally. And as far as I can tell, it didn't involve any students in the decision-making process. And furthermore, students are not allowed to opt out. Professors are not allowed to opt their courses out of the program. And generally, I mean, this is something that I spoke to Professor Salo about. Generally, professors have a lot of control over how involved advisors are allowed to be in their courses, how much, whether they're allowed to be present in class, whether they're allowed to um, be involved in that academic side of things. And this sort of takes that away from professors. And it also takes the autonomy away from students. Like, it takes away students' ability to um, put the effort and put the ability into their courses that they're able to and then see the outcome. You know what I mean? It takes away their ability to to fail if they don't try hard enough. What's allowing the school to do that, to not allow for the opt-out option? So Professor Salo actually sent them an email that she showed me that said, like, I would like to opt all of my courses out of this program. Like, how can I do so? And they replied and said, like, this program is not allowing opt-out because we cleared it with all of our internal ethical standards Um, We cleared it with our internal privacy boards and stuff like that, like the Department of IT analyzed it and so on. But the issue with that is that um, that Professor Salo brought up and that I did uh, quote her saying in the article is that this is um, because it's internal. They don't really have a lot of standards that they have to um, follow that are not like internally set because this is an internal pilot program. 
as opposed to like a research study for publication. But what this really is, is human subjects research. This is the testing of a pilot program using students who didn't opt into it and can't opt out of it. And because it's not, you know, it's not a research study, it's not for publication. So no review board has to approve it or anything like that. They can just say like, you know, we've set these ethical and privacy standards internally and we've decided that we've met them. I guess effectively the the, the message was like, we don't really see a reason why you would want to opt out because we figured out that it's perfectly fine. The thing is that students did consent to this technically um, by enrolling, by by getting your student ID number. You sign off your ability to like be involved in experiments like this, be involved in data monitoring, that kind of thing. But first of all, most 18-year-old like college freshmen enrolling are not going to read all of that. Maybe that's you could blame them if you wanted to, but I really don't think it's realistic to expect everybody to carefully read all of that. And second, even if you do, you're weighing like your ability to attend college against some privacy concerns. You don't really have another option. You either don't enroll in college or you agree to all of these, um, what you might personally consider violations of your privacy. What kinds of reactions have you heard from students you spoke to about this? Like, are, are folks wigged out? I think a lot of people think it's overreach. Like, even the professors were not told which student was enrolled. It just said at least one student in your course has been enrolled in this pilot program. Um, so they're sort of hiding their identities, which I'm sure is is in keeping with some kind of ethical standards. I'm not really sure. So I, I haven't been able to speak to any students who were enrolled in the program. But I have talked to a lot of people who have, you know, heard about it now. And I think that the general reaction is like this is overreach this particular instance of it might not be that bad but it's definitely um a concerning step for students who are worried about their own privacy in that it seems that this is something that uw wants to implement on a larger scale and if it's successful you know possibly with more analytical tools and potentially less and less privacy for students and you kind of talked about there's some implications here about whether or not or some ethical questions about, is the university really responsible for ensuring you do well in your classes? And I don't know what you're thinking about, like, if you're wigged out. (laughs) Yeah, a little little bit, a little bit, because I I and everybody else has come to the conclusion throughout college that we're responsible for our own success. And we figured out how to best, like, you know, what works best for us. You know, college is, is probably values individualism and individual growth more than any other social institution that we have. I feel like it's a period of time where you're supposed to be, you know, not in a selfish way, but you're doing this for yourself. You know, you're, it's for your own personal education, growth, future, all of that stuff. Um, and getting the university more involved in your success is concerning to me because um, that's not culturally, that's not what college has been um, in terms of the way that students sort of experience it and also in terms of like what they're getting out of it i don't i don't like it as a, as a uw student i would be concerned if i if i felt that i had to be succeeding academically not just for myself but also to avoid you know getting called in for a meeting against my will with an advisor to talk about why i had an overdue assignment in one of my classes absolutely you know that's not necessarily something that yeah if i'm struggling academically and feel that i need support it's on me to reach out for it i think and it's a good thing for students to to become accustomed to needing to ask for help if they need it instead of um, feeling that sort of like somebody's watching their success, making sure they're doing okay and like are going to, they're going to, you know, get the sort of sensation of like, I'm going to get in trouble if I do poorly feels like something that should be left in, in high school and students should be able to sort of make their own way in college. And because otherwise, you know, you get out and graduate and 
you know, you don't have any learning analytic program making sure you're accomplishing your goals at work or something. You have to hold yourself accountable. Absolutely. Um, I think that I think that it's a little concerning um, the trend that that could indicate because again, this is still very new, and also technological advances are becoming. You know, as technology gets better, things move quicker too, and um, these analytic programs are going to become more and more advanced. I mean, look at how much AI has improved in the last year or two now that it's become more socially widespread. Mm-hmm. And. I'm curious, did you speak with any sources about the UW's use of like big data in general? I reached out to um, administration and to the Department of IT, and I I did ask um, a bunch of specific questions about their use of data and about the um, this program. And, you know, I got back a press release. I can only imagine these big institutions are gathering lots of student data and using them for their own internal purposes, which might may or may not be bad. Well, I think that's why it's so important that you got this story out there and they're doing the reporting about a way that the data is being used at the university. So we appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. That was Cormac La Liberté, college news editor at the Daily Cardinal. There's a link to his article in our show notes. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Elections. Remember when Republican state senators voted to fire the head of the Wisconsin Election Commission last month? A Dane County judge has ruled the move has no legal effect. Lawmakers are barred from ousting Megan Wolf until a lawsuit brought by Attorney General Josh Call is settled. Wisconsin election commissioners are deadlocked along party lines on whether to reappoint Wolf. Democrats, including the AG, are arguing that Wolf can stay on as the state's top election official indefinitely. The state Supreme Court is expected to have the final say on this matter. And the Henry Vila Zoo could be getting a new giraffe habitat. Dane County Executive Joe Parisi has proposed borrowing nearly $11 million to deal with aging infrastructure at the zoo, including more than $9 million for a new giraffe exhibit. Zoo officials say the money is needed in part to pass accreditation next year. County board members are debating whether to require the zoo to raise millions in donations before construction on that giraffe exhibit can begin. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Dylan Brogan. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with someone who likes to stick their neck out? That's a giraffe joke. We'll be back here tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Happy Halloween.